Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Well, hey Cat. Hey Moose. Hey Sarah. Hi guys. Hi. I see you guys are together on the screen. This is unusual. We are in the same square of the Zoom box. <laughs> What is it like to not feel like the Brady Bunch today? Um, <laughs> it feels great. It feels great. It feels like we're in like this loungy area, but it's just a hotel room. Yeah. These look like some fancy curtains behind the... They're not. And just outside the window is a Wyndham. A Wyndham. <laughs> <laughs> but we're in Napa, California. We're not at the Wyndham. Let me just nope. clear that up. We're at the Cambria. The Cambria. Ooh, Cambria Hotel. Oh, nice. You guys are in Napa, California. I was just there a couple of weeks ago for the shortest trip ever. Really? And um, didn't get to really enjoy um, being in Napa very long. What have you guys done since you've been there? Well, I've never been to Napa before. Um, I didn't start drinking wine until about four years ago. So I've not ever had a need to come to Napa, which I mean, that's not true. It is so beautiful. So even if you don't drink wine... It's Great. the most amazing, beautiful place and climate. And I've been learning so many things. We went to this place called Chateau Montelena. You have to say it like that. Ooh, that sounds fancy. It's the freaking coolest place. It had the most interesting history. Yeah, Kat, this uh, winery put Chardonnay on the map for California. It did. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, are you guys going to bring me home some? Well, we may have. Maybe. We can't tell you if we have <laughs> it's not buttery though so i don't even know if you'll like it oh my goodness but it won first place versus france in 1972 and there's a whole freaking story about it and it put nap on the map it did that's really cool mm -hmm. that's exciting and it's called chateau what chateau mantelena Chateau Montalena. And so um, they don't have buttery Chardonnay and they put Chardonnay on the map of California in 1972 because they beat out a French Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. Like, what did it taste like? There's a whole book about it. Um, it's called uh, Judgment of Paris by George Tabor. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a movie that was made about it called Bottle Shock. With Bill Pullman. Yeah. Cool. And so this, it's basically the story... Um, of the early days of California wine making. And it, this guy bought the winery and his very first plant, what that he uh, very first wine, grapes, seeds, whatever they plant, um, <laughs> was a Chardonnay only because it only takes a couple years to do a Chardonnay. Whereas the mm. red wine would take about four years. And it mm. was his very first wine. Like I absolutely have to talk about this because the whole thing was about timing um, the book about this called, um, I already saw what it was called, but the what did judgment I say? of Paris, the judgment of Paris in this book had the, um, time magazine reporter had not come to this tasting. It Napa would not be, I mean, it's every single detail had to fall into place, yeah. but it's just, it's not just that the wine beat out all these Paris wines. It was a blind tasting. And so, the way that the journalist describes it is he said that um, that the people, um, the judges would say, Ooh, the, oh, now we're back to Paris. Yeah, now we're back in France and he'll be sipping that Napa Chardonnay. Oh, wow. 
And so the fact that it won number one, but the biggest thing is that it was nobody because it was California versus Paris or France, French wines, no other journalists came to this event. It was only this one guy from time magazine who happened to be stationed in Paris. And so anyway, had he not written about it, um, honestly, Napa would not be what it is today. Wow. Well, I'm so glad that he wrote about it and that he experienced it because Napa is, oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite places to visit. Mm. And I have friends that live there. I reached out to them hoping that you guys could connect with them while you were there, but they were out of town and I was so sad about it. Mm. Um, And so I think what this means is this means that the Cat and Moose podcast needs to take a trip to Napa. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're a listener who loves wine or just wants to come to Napa, hit us up because we'll do a little meetup out here yeah mm-hmm. a little retreat cat what's your name on the screen tunica cat mean well my name on the screen means that i have just spent the past 36 hours in um both memphis tennessee and in tunica mississippi and so um i called myself tunica cat today tunica what were you doing in tunica like memphis sort of makes sense but what, I mean, were you down there gambling or what? <laughs> no, well, I was. Yeah. The first night um, that I would, well, the only night that I was there, um, one of our clients um, played a show in Memphis. It was the first night of his Christmas tour. And so um, I went to go see that because that's kind of normal. If you have a music client and they go on tour, you kind of go to the first night and see everything that was really good and everything that could be a lot better and you get feedback on the show and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my family was all really interested in um, going to this particular tour date because they don't live terribly far away from there. And so I had 10 of my family members come to the show. And then we oh decided, my gosh, I didn't even know <laughs> yeah, you was... had 10 family members. <laughs> <laughs> I do have about 60. And so um, uh, 10 of them came and, um, and we went to the show and it was great. And Tunica, Mississippi, was only about 30 miles away from there. And so we predetermined that after the show, we were going to go to Tunica and spend the night because we didn't want to take the four hour trek home after the show. Mm. Um, So we went and hung out in Tunica and I played slot machines with my mom and my aunt and one of my extended family members until almost three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I love slots. I'm surprised you weren't playing. What is that game you and your aunt like to play? Oh, we love blackjack. And that's one of the rants that I had on the podcast today. I was curious if we have listeners who enjoy gambling or have gone to like Atlantic City or Las Vegas or Tunica or Biloxi or any of those places. I know there are casinos also in Indiana and Nevada too, right, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heck yeah. 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 The whole state. Um, <laughs> and- <laughs> They're everywhere in every gas station and grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Um, so yeah, normally I play blackjack. Blackjack with my Aunt Mary Mac. And um, all the blackjack tables, their minimum bet was $25 a hand. Oy. Oh, wow. But you're kind of a big spender when you go to Vegas. You like to drop some cash. When I go to Vegas, yes. Okay. Because Celine Dion is there and that just seems like the whole essence of spirit is lifted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. if Celine is there, it's going to be a winning night. Well, Tunica is real different because there's like three casinos over like a 4,000 acre area and then there's nothing else. So it feels <laughs> like this post apocalyptic type situation <laughs> and you like walk into the casino and there's like three people working and you just hear <laughs> and then so, like 27 zombies following you yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. All all with like, you know, zombie laser guns or something like that. And so, um, so yeah, we decided not to play blackjack and we ended up playing, um, these slot machines that, um, it was called the sky wheel spin. The sky wheel is, is, is what the little voice said. And so, um, you would like play, play a bet. And what would happen is like, if you landed on this thing called the sky wheel, you got three sky wheels in a row, all of a sudden the whole machine started to like shake. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You so feel amazing. like you're on like price is right. And yes. you just want a card, yes. right? Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. In this particular <laughs> game, um, they featured presidents. And so there was this big spinning wheel. And if your little ticker landed on like Benjamin Franklin, for example, like you'd win like $10,000. Yeah. And if it landed on Abraham Lincoln, you'd win like $5 and, and stuff like that. And so as the wheel would spin around and the little ticker thing would highlight each president the president's expression would go like this <laughs> so it's like as the thing lit up the president would go from a very stoic phase to like a super smiley president <laughs> which was just really entertaining and yeah. so that is why i am called tunica cat today and i came home two hundred dollars less wealthy than shit hey there, that's okay i always set myself at 200 that's what i give mm-hmm. myself to play Cause you know, five or 10 goes like super fast, even if you're on penny slots, but I'm Mm -hmm. with you. That was the one thing my mom and I would do together was we just both loved it. I don't know. I think we were low on serotonin, both of us. And it helps to have the like, you're a winner when you're walking by things and you're like, yeah, you're take my money all day long. If you'll tell me that (laughs) I love the game jackpot party. If anyone knows what I'm talking about right in, because it's basically like, you know, just different things have to line up. But if you get three different um, gifts that line up, you go to the bonus rounds. And when you go to the bonus round, it's just a whole page of like these birthday gifts and you punch them until you hit what's called the pooper. And when the you pooper. get the pooper, then you no longer are in the bonus round. But I mean, oh. you can get, you know, 500 points or whatever it is and you just keep going until you get a pooper and then it sends you out of the bonus but it is so much fun and i have won hundreds of dollars on it so every time i'm in a casino i'm like must find jackpot party (laughs) okay and i grew up in nevada and so i have been around gambling my entire life and and gambling is everywhere and my dad still works for the casino industry but has worked at a casino my entire life he was a bell, bellman, then a bell captain, all the way through my high school years. And then after I graduated high school, he switched careers within the casino industry and went into surveillance. And so basically they taught him how to cheat so that he can <laughs> catch cheaters That's on cool. camera. <laughs> and so, yeah, now he uh, he's semi-retired now, but... Uh, he still works a couple days a week um, at a casino. That would be fun. Yeah, I mean, it sounds fun. And you know what I find really interesting is my dad um, used to work for the CIA. So my mm-hmm. dad, you know, 
would seek out cheaters Mm -hmm. in a a certain way. And like your dad worked in the casino industry and still does a little bit and, Mm -hmm. and works in security and like seeks out the cheaters and, and Moose, you're my dad's dad. Yes, he is dead. (laughs) So is mine. Thank you. Um, Your dad was a chiropractor. And so he sought out the little cheaters that weren't operating right in people's bones. That's right. Mm -hmm. We had fathers who sought cheaters. (laughs) amazing so i'm curious sarah and moose like when you guys have had your experiences at casinos have you ever gotten cash out of an atm at a casino oh yeah Mm -hmm. i'm totally the person that's like i'm only taking 200 dollars, and then i'm like i just need 50 more and then you're 500 in and it's only been 12 minutes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's 2 a.m. and you're calling the gambling hotline. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, the thing that I noticed when I went to the ATM to get my $200 is there was this, like, the first thing it says is, do you have a problem? <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm here. So, yes, I have some <laughs> sort of problem. Like, oh, well. I, you know, and, and, and then it's, it's like, do you have a problem? Like click yes or no. And I'm like, well, I have a lot of problems, but gambling is not one of them. So no, I don't have a problem. And then it's like, in case you have a problem, here's a 1-800 number. I'm like, okay, fantastic. And then it finally lets me put my card in there. Oh, I didn't know in the ATM it's asking you those questions. Yes. The ATM is like, hello, before you make, no, I think what it said is it said, before you make a bad decision, think twice. Do you have a problem? Wow. Very forward. And I'm like, man, if I had somebody asking me that every day of my life, that would be helpful. You know, I was going to say they need to start bartenders first words that way. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so I I finally get the permission to put my little card in the slot to get some money out and ask for my pin number and I give my pin number. And I'm thinking like, wow, this machine really cares about me because it asked me, do I have a problem? Do I need to call the 1-800 number? Am I really, really sure that I want to withdraw this money? And then when I finally get to the place where I can withdraw, the first option the ATM gives me is the amount of $2,000. What? Oh my gosh. Well, they're like, oh, she cleared all of the hurdles. (laughs) She clearly doesn't have a problem. Take all of her money now. (laughs) Right. And it just made me think like if you go to Regions Bank, like on the the corner bank over here, you the maximum you can withdraw is like 300 bucks. Oh, I know. They do not want you spending that money. They want it staying in their bank. Right. Mm -hmm. That's always annoyed me, by the way. Right. But then at Tunica, they're like, hey, man, your first option is $2,000. So I had to scroll for 10 minutes until I could find the $200 (laughs) button. (laughs) Oh my God. That's amazing. I'm thinking about playing games because we're talking about casinos and stuff like that. And my clients uh, all participated in a writer's night at city winery um, this past week. And I know that you guys um, really wanted to, to have me give an update on how that went. So I was going to say, how was Jesus at the bar? Well, Jesus at the bar was pretty awesome. Um, And um, I invited some friends um, who had never seen my clients perform before. And unbeknownst to me until the night of, there was a whole opening act like writers in the round. So 
my clients didn't go on until like 7.45. And oh, so wow. from 6 to 7.45, we were watching this like opening round, which I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't know what to expect. I don't know what my guests are going to experience. And so for part of it, I left to greet my clients when they arrived. And when I got back, um, one of my friends said to me, she said, hey, while you were gone, we invented a drinking game. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> like, what is the drinking game? And she said, we decided every time somebody on stage says lord we're gonna take a drink <laughs> oh my gosh that's fantastic now was it any term for lord like could it be god or universe or jesus or just lord it, it, it i didn't even have space to ask that question because lord was said six times and i was drunk <laughs> <laughs> okay wait was the pre-round was that jesus in a bar too or no. was it like Satan in a bar and then Jesus in a bar to clear you out before you went home. No, it was all Jesus in a bar and the opening acts just really, um, while their music was music celebrating, you know, Jesus and Christianity and all of that. Um, they had a lot to also say, like in their, their lead up to the songs. And there was a lot about Lord and Christ and Jesus, Yahweh, Lord, yes, glory, praise the Lord, you know? And yeah. so, um, so, you know, it was a really great way for everybody at the table to, to be encouraged by a lot of wine to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> so wait were they like shots or you just had to like sip your wine we had to sip our wine we were at city winery okay good i was gonna say we're too old for shots yeah <laughs> for sure so are you guys staying in napa longer uh no today as of today that we're recording we are headed to the tahoe area next um which it has been snowing so quite excited about that sarah's dad and stepmom live near that area and so we're going to be there for a few days but um i'm excited to see snow nice that's awesome and, and why why have you guys taken this trip oh <laughs> well sarah just left i don't know if you noticed that but um when you request a late checkout uh, um it's a good thing that nobody was in their undies but some maid just walked in and so she went to have a conversation about how it's a late checkout but sarah is turning the age that i don't know if she wants to announce so i'm not going to say it but it's her birthday um yesterday if you're listening to this okay that's confusing december 4th is sarah's birthday so we're here celebrating by going to napa well, I'm, I'm still really confused by this and I'm excited for producer Sarah to join back in and let us know her thoughts on this. But I thought producer Sarah's birthday was on December the 3rd and then you just said it was on December the 4th yeah. and then Sarah said that her birthday was yesterday, which is the 1st. And so I'm very confused. <laughs> she was trying to think about if somebody listened on Monday, then her birthday would be the day before, which is yesterday. Oh, but just to clear it. things up, December 4th is Sarah's birthday and there's going to be celebrations i love it and if you're listening to this after december 4th there were celebrations <laughs> amazing that's awesome okay cat i have been stewing over this idea that i need your thoughts on okay um do you well i won't ask you that directly i have been listening to this meditation um about past lives and it's not like meant to like help you 
um, recognize it. It's, it's meant to get you into a state of mind, teach you how to get into a state of mind where if there were past lives or that's a possibility, um, you're at a place where you can, um, you know, recognize it. You're in a state of peace. And so a lot of it is different meditations, but he talks a lot. And one of the things that he shared, and if anyone's interested, I can share it's on insight timer and I have to look up the guy's name. But one of the things that he shares is that time is a social construct. Ooh, I like this guy already. I know. And this has really been resonating with me. Um, because even what I shared earlier about Chateau Montelena, like how timing had to line up with all of these things for that to have worked out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then, mm-hmm. um, as I'm listening to this meditation thing, this guy, he's basically at one point he says, and by the way, when I refer to past lives, I don't always mean that they are past sometimes. And most of the time, I think they're simultaneously happening. Ooh. <laughs> I love it. It's like quantum physics shit. I love I it. I know. It made my brain explode. Cause I was like simultaneously, like, what do you mean? Like, I'm going to sleep and then I'm like shifting over and I have a whole other family over here. <laughs> like what, like what could that possibly mean? That's my first question. What could that possibly mean? Like, will you ask the question like again? Yeah. Like what could it mean that we are living simultaneous lives? Like, okay, we know what past lives mean. Like, okay. So that would be a linear thing. You know, I, I was like, you were Chinese, um, <laughs> what is it called medicine man yeah you were a chinese medicine man and say that you lived 40 years i don't know people lived a lot less back then (laughs) that feels very linear and okay i can get my head around that but when he said simultaneous lives like what could that potentially mean well i think that um i think that what he has to say about time being a social construct is is really meaningful because we as humans need to have explanations for things and so we create things to make ourselves feel better yeah you know Mm -hmm. and so whether that's language whether that's what we wear whether that's time you know whatever it is um i think that humans do that as a way to cope i think it's a it's a coping mechanism so if humans made up the concept of time and the concept of time is actually something that was made up by a bunch of people um that technically lived before us Mm -hmm. it might be that they just had a really limited understanding and therefore we have a limited understanding of time and maybe we are living multiple lives at the same time so maybe like for me what that might look like is that i have the giftings of a chinese medicine man while i am a practitioner at the table today oh Oh, okay because maybe those gifts are existing without the the time as society has constructed it. That's kind of what what it makes. I me love think of. that cat. That makes a lot of sense because you you have people who are just, as we would say in the social space, like naturally talented or gifted or whatever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Whether that's like in sports as you're growing up or you're a talented writer. So maybe that is the simultaneous life that, or, you know, Joan Didion, I think is the one that said we live multiple lives. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you guys know what I do when I don't have answers. (laughs) You Google. Google. I Google. 
So I did a little Google and the Google that I wrote in was, what do Buddhists think about time? And just because I think Buddhists are the most nonviolent, you know, acceptance seeking people in the world. And so here's what came up. It said in the domains of spirituality, humans have also asked if there is more or less to time than ticking clocks or the march from birth to death. It is often the now which has precedence in spiritual endeavor. Buddhists with their emphasis on meditation have long seen the unspooling of time as an artifact of the mind. In Zen Mind Beginner's Mind, which is by um, Shunryu Suzuki, it says, you may say, I must do something this afternoon, but actually there is no this afternoon. At one o'clock, you will eat your lunch. To eat your lunch is itself one o'clock. Mmm. Isn't that good? Yeah, that's like a that's like a mind melder right there. That's amazing. And then I also found this quote from uh, the Christian writer Meister Eckhart, and he said, um, "There exists only the present instant. There is no yesterday, nor any tomorrow, but only now." Okay, so then if if that's the case, how do you explain memory? That's a good point. Well, maybe memory is honoring, yeah, the past is harder, but what if the, what if memory is just honoring the now of that moment? Hmm. Yeah. And then it also makes me wonder then what is the gift of prophecy? Well, that's a whole lot of things that I need to (laughs) work through in counseling before I talk about that. I mean, honestly, I I do think that um, I've always, (laughs) Megan, the other best friend, always says like, oh, yeah, I forget that you think that you are psychic. And I'm like, well, the Christians will call it prophecy, but okay, whatever. Um, But I do feel like I've known things before I've known them, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's definitely been my experience with you as well, Mace. So it does make me think, you know, like if you were a cave woman, if we, the three of us, maybe we shared a cave neighborhood together. We had a Mm -hmm. cave (laughs) cul-de-sac. And... I mean, a cave commune. A cave commune. That feels way better. <laughs> like if you really think about that, like you're you're not going like I'm stressing about this social hang next week. Like I don't think you're worried about that. Mm-hmm. You're going, I'm fucking <clears throat> hungry. Let's go kill something. <laughs> right. Now. Right. right now. That's what yeah. I'm worried about is now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And much like, you know, like a like a pride of lions, if you will, the women are in charge of going out and hunting anyway, you know, which is just awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, that's really cool. So I'm curious, Moose, in your life, like, how does this how does this sit with you that that, you know, time is a social construct and maybe multiple lives or multiple things that you're doing are happening at the same time? How is it sitting with you? It just is for some reason ringing a bell that makes sense. Like I, I feel like I spend a lot of time and the, and I know this is a traumatic response of some kind, but planning and Sarah, you might be able to speak into this over planning (laughs) and like 
preparing for things. Like I am. And a lot of that is I've learned is growing up in a chaotic home. You, you have to prepare to make sure things are safe mm-hmm. or secure or fill in the blank, whatever works for you and your childhood. <laughs> but I guess for me, um, I'm trying to let go of some of those, those, um, like, let's be honest, neurotic things that I do where, you know, I, instead I'll be, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a very concrete example. We're in Napa and I, anyone who knows me knows I am the queen at finding great restaurants. Like, I don't know what it is. It's a feel. Maybe it's a simultaneous something. I don't know. Simultaneous life. But I love um, like being in spaces that feel cozy and content and whatever, whatever. Well, normally I would go so above and beyond that in my mind, I would have this really great itinerary. And the great thing is I'm not someone that has to stick to it. Like Mm -hmm. I am very much, do we feel like doing that? If not, you know, we can cancel it. So I won't Mm -hmm. book anything that, um, can't be canceled. But this time I just made a list of all the great places instead of booking reservations. Like I just went, Oh, what if I just make a reference list and it doesn't have to be about planning and you know, that kind of thing. And it was actually really um, a great relief because I tried to just stay in the present. I just tried to, you know, not be neurotic. And so (laughs) to hear this idea that time is a social construct, I'm trying to let go of any and all potential things I can let go of that are related to social ideas, you know, of how we should be. I'm not saying I can let go of time, but Mm -hmm. I do believe that the now is way more important. Important? (laughs) there's our title important in a commune cave (laughs) (laughs) i do think now is way more important than the future because we may not have that yeah yeah that's really beautiful sarah how does that sit with you (sighs) um yeah i think i have that that kind of built-in preparedness as well um but i don't like like there's a huge part of me that can't stand it when my plans are changed on me, you know? Mm. And, um, it can be very difficult for me to recalibrate for that. Um, depending on the scenario, if it's just, if I'm not in charge, I can go with the flow, no problem. But if I've spent time planning and organizing and even if it's just anticipating the flow of the day, um, especially when there's, uh, stressful events, um, you know, kind of pertaining around it, whether it's, we're going to be seen by a bunch of people or I've got to visit this person I don't particularly enjoy or whatever. When things like that get changed on me, I can't, I mean, which I'm sure anyone, you know, feels that way. Um, as far as, um, the now goes, like I, I am a firm believer of like, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think I, I, um, am a big what if person so I can plan for the worst, you know, um, prepare for the worst plan for the best. Like, I don't remember what the, the phrase is. Um, but maybe we don't have, do well, we have sure. to prepare? No, I'm not. That's what I said. I feel like I can be that way, but also it's just like, it's very much like, I don't, I, I can expect the worst, but like, I can't, 
um, I can't do anything about that because it hasn't come yet. Mm. So even if I'm prepared for the worst, all I've got is right now, what's in front of me right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. I would be curious to hear from our listeners, like, how do you guys feel about this and how, um, how does it sit with you and, and what do you think about it? Do you think that like, do you think time is a social construct? Do you feel like, oh, it really resonates with me that like, maybe I could be living multiple existences all at the same time. Like, I'm so curious what you guys think out there. Will you let us know? Hello at catandmoosepodcast.com or 1-866-KATM-005. Okay, so can I go one step further on this and just ask you, Kat, like, and Sarah too, like, what does it look like to remain in the now? Like, Mm -hmm. I am ready to become a Buddhist monk (laughs) if that is how I can operate, you know? And I know I'm not going to always get it right, but I know for me, I can bring energy to the now Mm -hmm. by putting away distractions and things like that. But what else? What? How do you operate twenty four seven in the now? I I think that um, I think as humans, I think it's really really hard. If it wasn't hard, it wouldn't be such a an extraordinary concept. So yeah. I think that that's kind of the first thing that I I feel about it. And then secondly, I think that being in the now feels synonymous to me with being present. Um, I think it's really hard to be present with you guys here right now. If I'm thinking about, I have to go to Target later and buy my nephew a blue lava lamp for his birthday tomorrow. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to, to be thinking about both of those things in the same time. And if I am thinking about those things at the same time, then I'm not being as present. And so to me, being in the now is trying to really absorb who or what is, um, titillating my senses at the moment you know it's like it's like what what is is capturing my attention and am I being intentional about that you know it's like where with meditation you're being really intentional to either not think about anything or to think specifically about whatever you know the the purpose of your meditation is and so I I think being in the now feels to me like the closest thing that I can relate to that is just trying to be really present, um, in, in whatever situation I'm in. And I admit that it is extremely hard. Like I was in a session the other day and I was thinking about, you know, I was following the tension in this person's neck and I was like holding this place and, and just kind of thinking about the, the tension in this person's neck. And I had the thought and I, and I'm like, where did this thought come from? But my thought was, what if I just moved my hands really quickly and let the person's head fall on the table? Like how awful, (laughs) how awful of an experience for that person would that be? You know, it's like, they're feeling really meditative. They're kind of in a trance like state. They're, they're trusting me. They're feeling really safe and how incredibly, important and honoring and, and worthy of reverence that is. And at the same time, somehow my weird little brain can think of something so terrible, you know? And I'm like, what the hell is that? And it's like, so I feel like there are all these intrusions that attempt to pull us out of the present. And so I think like, like being in the now, maybe I'm answering my own question. I do really good with processing moves. Thank you. I think, I think in order to answer your question, 
question, what I would say is that I think it's learning the art of, um, of presence amidst incoming distraction. Oh, that's good. So it's really almost like, okay, I'm, I'm the star Wars, like death star. And I have my shield around me to all things that are trying to attract my attention that aren't just being the Death Star and protecting myself, which the Death Star doesn't sound super life-giving, but it's what came to my mind. I have no idea what the Death Star is, but (laughs) I want to avoid it, so I'm with you. I often often, um, like your idea of dropping the person's head. I am the person in laying on the table with my head in someone else's hands picturing them going... <laughs> just like beating the shit out of me because I think everyone's gonna murder me. So yeah, we all have our stuff. Um, sounds like a really relaxing experience. Moves sounds sounds like I have stuff to still work on. I saw this commercial cat that I just at first I was like making fun of, and by the time of at the end of the commercial, I was like, I'm gonna email my doctor about this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I don't know if you've seen this commercial, but it's for sleep apnea. And the way the commercial goes is it's like, you could tell it's kind of a pharmaceutical commercial right away. But then there's like a husband and wife getting in bed together. And all of a sudden, like I wasn't really paying attention to the words, but all of a sudden the wife takes a remote, which you think might be for the TV and puts it over the top of her chest and pushes a button and falls asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Sarah saw it too. I was like, I am just not tracking yet, man. (laughs) So after further investigation, um, what it is, is they implant, you know, I love a good implant. Oh yeah. Good surgery. Yeah. I mean, I don't have boob implants in case you were wondering. That's something <laughs> like I do. Do we have a brand name? Yeah. It's inspire. Inspire is the name. Okay. Um, and so they implant this device that stimulates your airway and somehow makes you move your tongue so you can breathe while you're sleeping. <laughs> like the, uh, <laughs> Um, so anyway, um, I have two questions. What happens when you lose the remote? Yeah. I bet that remote costs like seven grand. Right. Right. It's got like six lanyards and the batteries are like super pri- 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 What's the word? Proprietary. Proprietary. Yeah. They're like lithium made by Elon Musk or <laughs> <Yeah>. something, <laughs> but you know, you're going to lose that damn remote. And then there's no like universal remote. You can reprogram for that thing. <laughs> you go to big lots and get a universal remote. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then <laughs> I got excited. Cause I was like, I look it up. Cause I'm like, this is crazy. I got to talk about this on the podcast. And like within two minutes, I am just sucked in. And I'm like 95% of people who have it don't have sleep apnea. And then it's like, then it has like a video of a guy running. And I'm like, I could be a runner if I have this, you know? (laughs) So within seconds, I had emailed my doctor to see what she thought about it. And, and of course, like I had to put like, you know, don't worry. I'm always skeptical of things that people implanting and, you know, acting like I'm supernaturally. (laughs) 
I, I, I'm, I'm told, I can't believe they would implant something, but do you know anything about it? Do you have any opinions? <laughs> and, and then I got excited cause I'm like, I could have another surgery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. It's like another surgery for moose. And so can I clarify, like, is basically what you're saying is there is some sort of device implanted in the person's being and yes. there's a remote control that yeah. you, you hit and that activates said device and said device causes your tongue to move so that you basically don't need a CPAP. Yeah, correct. So it stimulates, it goes in like, I'm, I would say around here where, how would you describe this? I would describe that as lung one. Um, I would describe that as the place, uh, below the clavicle and in the, the dip before the shoulder. Yeah. Can I show you? Yes. Yeah, please show. Yeah. Here we are. We aren't even pharmaceutical reps, but look, Inspire, if you want to give me a free surgery, I'm interested. (laughs) No mask, no hose, just sleep. Inspire is the only FDA approved obstructive sleep apnea treatment that works inside your body to treat the root cause of sleep apnea with just the click of a button. I mean, guys, we're in the future. I know. It's so cool. Inspire is an alternative to CPAP that works inside your body while you sleep. It's a small device placed during a same day outpatient procedure, still surgery. Mm. Uh, when you get ready for bed, simply click the remote to turn Inspire on. When you sleep, Inspire opens your airway, allowing you to breathe normally and sleep peacefully. Well, this is just like really, really bothersome and also really inspiring at the same time. Like, it's like, wow, this seems like a really um, fantastic thing. And I immediately, as if I am a six on the Enneagram, go to everything that could possibly go wrong. Well, of course. I mean, it, it, it tickle, it tickles your um, tongue. <laughs> it tickles your tongue, basically. Wouldn't that be annoying? Well, I mean, one would think. But it says 90% of bed partners report no snoring. What about the other 10%? <laughs> They're like, it's worse. It's worse. Anyway, I just thought it was the oddest. You're right. It felt made me feel like we were the Jetsons. Uh-huh. And is this really happening? And this is the second implant I've brought up. Medical implant. <laughs> oh, that's true. That I have brought up on the pot. What was the other one for? Anyone? Uh, it's stimulated. Um, it seems like it was, it was something that got implanted in the shoulder <laughs> and I'm trying to think of what it was for though. I remember it cause I remember doing a, a bit of a deep dive oh, on it. The vagus nerve, the va- something about the, Oh, it's depression. It was the vagus nerve. That's yeah, right. that's right. It's like, you feel better. You feel better. So what if, what if basically down the road, which is actually not far from now, it's actually happening right now. Mm. there is a way to use a remote control to just be dead or alive oh my gosh well that's called a gun yeah that's true Mm. Mm. Hmm. well i you know i i had a little professor cat moment um with my mom and i just wanted to share about this do you guys know that women fall most often when moving backwards no Mm. So my mom, my mom was telling me, my mom works for a senior center. And so my mom has a lot of information about ways, um, to maintain one's, um, safety and well-being as a senior, which I can really appreciate because we are getting really close to also being seniors. I'm starting to oh get, Oh my gosh. Come on. That close. I mean, I, I'm Jeez. starting to get AARP stuff in the mail. You guys like I've been getting true. that for years. Yeah. Well, I've got 
exactly three more years before um, I get to join. So, um, but yes, wow. women fall most often when moving backwards. And so my mom was talking to me about how when you open your car door to get out of your car, that you can either get out of your car, you like swing your feet around um, you know, outside the door and most people back up to close the door. Huh? And so that is most often when elderly women, especially fall is getting in and out of the car. Hmm. And so my mom was saying that one of the, the seminars she went to, she learned where when you open the car door and you put your feet on the ground, that you walk forward and then you turn around and walk forward to shut the door. And so I thought that we might all practice this week, getting out of our cars properly so that we don't fall when we're old. I actually love that. I remember my grandmother, when she would get out of her car, she would put one leg out and then turn her whole body before she would stand up. Mm -hmm. Whereas I just throw one leg out and just sort of hope the body follows (laughs) when I get out. You know what I mean? Like she was very particular to make sure she got, you know, her feet on the ground. So that is great. All right, guys. Turn around before you close your car door. Turn around. Don't fall down. I said, guys, look ladies Look and ladies. men and everyone else turn around before you is it because we have breasts probably no. yeah it's like probably there's some more sort weight of- look what's well, gonna like throw you back <laughs> I don't know, especially with the breast being on the front. That makes absolutely no sense. But <laughs> yeah, gravity. If you're going backwards, it's because oh. we can't see behind us. <sighs> yeah, that totally makes sense. Why can't we see behind us? Because we, the, our eyes are on in front of our head. But that would happen for men too. True. Yeah, that's true. So the theme, um, the lesson learned today on the podcast is turn around, don't fall down. Oh, I like that. Oh, turn, turn around, around. don't perfect. fall down. Oh, what a perfect segue. Um, did you, Kat, did you know that Snoop Dogg has a kid's show now? No. A kid's show or a kid's album? No, it's a kid's cartoon on YouTube. YouTube kids. I did not know that. And it's called doggy land (laughs) and it's him. And I don't know, I haven't looked very much into it, but I think there are a few other people that are involved in this. And so there are several characters, but he has some, some great, great music. I only know this because I came out of the bathroom at one point and heard uh, these affirmations being shouted at me. And Sarah was dancing to them and she could not wait to share this on the podcast. And so I thought that it would be an appropriate way to start our Monday with affirmations from Snoop Dogg. Mm -hmm. I love it. Here we go. Give it to us. Wow, wow, wow. Affirmations are positive statements that help us to challenge and overcome when you're not feeling good and have negative thoughts. So repeat after me. Come on, everyone. There is no one better to be than myself. There's no one better to be than myself. Today is going to be an amazing day. Today is going to be an amazing day. My feelings matter. My feelings matter. I get better every single day. I get better every single day. I choose to feel happy. I choose to feel happy. My family loves me so much. My family loves me so much. I care about others. I care about others. I learn from my mistakes. I learn from my mistakes. 
Now we know some new affirmations that we can choose and learn to say. So next time you need a little inspiration to help you have more of a positive day. I mean, like Snoop Dogg is my new hero. Isn't he great? Yeah, this is fantastic. I know. Thanks for bringing that to the podcast. You're welcome, guys. I hope you all have a great week. Have a great week. We love you. Call us. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our producer, Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Production.